She's got a camera on her door that immediately notifies her phone that there's someone at the door and you can activate the camera and see who it is. So she probably saw who it was me and, and then hid in the basement. <laughs> so do I need to ask? So how does that make you feel? <laughs> well, yeah, I have that That's effect on worse. women. Are you the type of person that listens in on other people's conversations in restaurants? Are you a nosy son of a gun with nothing else to do? Are you out walking your dog looking for an interesting conversation? Are you standing on the ledge of a building ready to jump, wondering what life is all about? Well, you've come to the right place. Subscribe to Chat Buffet on iTunes, Google, or Spotify. Chat Buffet, the podcast for arbitrary thoughts and everyday observations. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hello, Asha. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Chat Buffet. Yes, welcome to Chat Buffet. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And I also love how you said, hello. And I'm wondering if every time you pick up the phone, you say, hello. Hello. <laughs> or, do you, or do you just save it for our Chat Buffet listeners? It kind of it kind of depends. If I think you're trying to extend the car warranty or, or uh, sell me <laughs> solar panels, it's not nearly as cheerful. I get a actually, lot of those. Actually, you should try it when you're thinking it's going to be a spam caller. That would be very interesting. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Have you considered solar panels? Would you consider listening to my podcast? <laughs> there you go. It's a perfect second line. So speaking of which, we're talking about talking on the phone. Uh-huh. I have people that'll text me first to see if they can call me on the phone. Like, why wouldn't you just call me? Just ask me if I'm okay to talk. And obviously, if I wasn't okay to talk, I wouldn't have picked up the phone. I'm thinking their phone plan has unlimited texting. <laughs> I do that, actually. I'll, I'll text somebody and say, can I call you? Why do you do that? Well, I don't, I don't want to intrude. I, I, you know, it's, it's not like the old days where you didn't have any other options. You know, the phone would ring and, and somebody would be in a bathtub. Well, actually, know. here is the thing. You do have options. Before, you didn't have caller ID. People had to call you. And so for you to find out who's calling, you'd have to pick up the phone. And then you would say, oh, well, this isn't really that important. Can I call you back? But that's now so 20th you, century. That's a, <laughs> but now you know who's calling. And you know whether you know them or not. And right. if it's a good friend that's just calling to chat, then you say, okay, well, I don't have time to chat right now, so I'll call them back later. So I just wouldn't have picked up the phone because I already know who's calling. Yeah, I don't know. And if I'm busy, then I don't pick up. So why wouldn't you just call? Why do you have to text me to see if you can call? Then that requires a second step on my part. Because then when once they've texted me to see if they can call, then do I text them back and say, yeah, sure, go ahead and call me? Or do I just pick up the phone and call you that? Then I'm the one initiating the call. That's right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's what they want. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they have limited minutes on their phone plan <laughs> for calling. It's all kind of odd, isn't it? I will text to see if it's all right for me to call them. It's one layer of, of being polite. But I don't think it really is being polite, though. How is that being polite? Now you've made me have to do one more extra step by having to answer you. Well, uh, can I call you? No. Okay, well, that's that's even harsher. Then I feel like I have to explain why no. Like, oh, I'm in the middle of something or I'm working. I couldn't just say no. That's harder. I don't know. It's interpretive. You know, the kids today, like like Cora and Scott and, and, and Haley they can have conversations that go on for hours 
texting right. because they can type a lot faster than they can talk. Absolutely. Actually. Absolutely. And, and I am in the mind where just, if you have that much to say, just pick up a telephone or even, even FaceTime now, you know, that, that, that's good too. That's whole- another big point that you just brought up to me. A text is for, if I'm just asking you, uh, like I'll, I'll text Ricky and I'll say, Oh, what do you want to have for dinner? It's just a one, one, maybe two exchange. If it's anything beyond that, I would just call him right. and have the conversation. I don't like it when it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. If right. there's a if then else, then that's a phone call. If it's yeah. just a yes no, then that's a text. Yeah. For if me, I'm driving somewhere and and I'm I'm some I'm following somebody in the car, text me the address and I'll plug it into my GPS. Right. Uh, or actually I can be talking to someone on the phone and if I have to share something that they would have to write down then I'll just say, uh, oh, at the end of the conversation, I'll just text it to you. Because mm-hmm. the, like, if they don't have a pen and paper or something, right. I'll, right. I'll say I'll just text it to you. So that's, that's a convenience thing. But here's, I, I, here's the question about the texting and the phone. And that's maybe, you know, today's generation of questions. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if years ago people used to say, why didn't they just knock on my door? Why do they have to call me? All right? Or maybe they went from, why don't you just email me instead of calling me? Right. Uh, so there's different levels of right. that same conversation that we're having now, you know, knocking on a door versus picking up a phone versus an email versus now a text versus a cell phone call versus I, I mean, if you go far back enough, maybe there was like a smoke signal. Why didn't you just smoke signal me? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think different people have different preferences. For instance, I worked in an office with uh, the owner of the company next door to me. Mm-hmm. And he would just bombard me and everyone else with emails all day. It would be a one-line question that would take me paragraphs to explain. And, and then that was done. And as soon as I'd go back to what I was doing, he'd send me another one. You want to talk to me? But his door is always closed. You know? uh, he, had, he, he had different problems as well. Yeah, but yeah. it used to be okay to just walk up to someone's door, just knock on the door, and say, I'm here. And I feel like if I want to visit someone, I have to let them know I'm coming now. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't imagine, even if it was someone right in my own neighborhood, I mean, unless they, they left a package out or something like that, and I would just like knock and say, oh, you know, your package came to my door or something like that. But otherwise, I think I would always text someone first before right. I knocked on a door. It would be very, very rare. So my neighbor, three door. doors down, mm-hmm. uh, I gave her a fig tree. Uh-huh. And, oh, nice. And, and uh, yeah, it's a small one. And she's got little figs on it. I, I don't know that she'll be able to eat them this year. But I, 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 That was very, very kind of you. Oh, just, it's a small thing. I, like in any given year, I'll, I'll make like uh, nine or ten cuttings from my fig tree and give them away. My brothers have been the recipients of several. Uh, well, uh, don't my, worry. I don't feel bad. That's good. I'm not feeling sad right now. <laughs> I'm not crying. No, I'm not crying. Let's talk about this <laughs> offline. But I showed up, you know, three doors down with a small box of uh, figs. I just knocked on her door and there was no answer. And I, you know, who knows? She could have been in the shower. She could have been in, in another part of the bathroom. So I wound up leaving them on, on her patio table. And then I sent her a text explaining what I did. And she was very appreciative. But So do you think she was home and didn't answer because she, didn't, she wasn't expecting you? She's got a camera on her door that immediately 
notifies her phone that there's someone at the door and you can activate the camera and see who it is. So she probably saw who it was me and, and then hid in the basement. Right? <laughs> so do I need to ask? So how does that make you feel? <laughs> well, yeah, I had that That's effect on worse. women. See, it's the same thing. Like we were talking about, like if, if someone calls, I know it's from them. So if I ignore it and they, it, if they knew that I was ignoring it, then I would feel really bad about that. So nowadays with people with cameras at their door, if you know that they know who you were and still didn't <laughs> answer the door, then that's kind of even more I know. embarrassing. This is a strange new world we're entering It here. is a strange new world. I have another funny little clip about that. Sometimes, like, I, I go out walking in my neighborhood all, all the time. And mm -hmm. on garbage day, I'll go out to bring my garbage cans in. And if it's a good friend of mine and I see that their garbage cans are out, I'll, as I'm walking by, I'll just drag the garbage cans back up to their door. I don't put it you know, inside anywhere because their garage doors are closed. Mm -hmm. But then I put it right outside their garage door. I did that for my neighbor. And mm -hmm. just as I walked by and put her garbage cans out by her door, her garage door automatically opened. And I thought, um, hmm, what's going on there? And so I... I'm like, I didn't know if someone was exiting the house or what happened. We talked about her the other day and another chat buffet. She's the one who could see, uh, who can open her garage door to That distance. is right. That is right. And she, and she, want, she actually wanted you to put her garbage exactly can. That is exactly right. That oh, my exactly, God. No, no, no. I'm not blaming her. I'm not, I'm not at all blaming her. I had the same connection after that happened. Like the, my brain connected those two things. When I first put the garbage can there, I didn't connect the fact that the garage door opened. And I just thought maybe someone was coming out of the house. So I just like quickly just ran back into my yard. But then I remembered, wait a second, she has a camera and she can automatically open the garage door, which I wouldn't have minded putting it in, but I didn't know it was her. She didn't text me. I would have been happy with it. Goes to show What did that you do? I didn't make that connection until much later. So I uh, thought about it later. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Maybe she saw that it was me yeah. and opened the garage door. So I, I could do that, which I would have, but yeah. I just didn't think of it. You know, frankly, if she's opening the garage door, that's a green light for me to go through her medicine cabinet. <laughs> well, of course, I would definitely make that connection too. <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> you are dangerous in people's homes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have to keep something under lock and key if I didn't want you to see it. <laughs> an invitation through the front door means an invitation into the medicine cabinet, basically. <laughs> I asked him when we opened well, this up, well. are you a nosy son of a bitch? That's me. <laughs> see, I like to say that you're curious. That's how I explain you to my friends. <laughs> but from now on, I'm just going to call you a nosy son of a bitch. That's right. Uh, NSOB. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> I think I think actually I say, uh, are you a nosy son of a gun? Because <laughs> okay. there might be kids listening. There could be. There's a lot of kids in our listener profile. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> I'll bleep out that B word. <laughs> the B word. We'll call it the bleep B word. Oh boy, you're funny. Okay, so I have another topic for you. Now that we know exactly what to do, whether we should text before a phone call, um, with all the people working from home right now. There's reports saying that people are moving out of cities oh, and yeah. moving to areas that are less expensive to live in. Because mm -hmm. why do you have to live in the city if you're working from home anyway? You could be living somewhere else that's got more space. You can get maybe twice the space for the same amount of rent you're paying. Sure. Or mortgage payments. 
Not um, only that, in large cities, crime is spiking. In cities like New York, in states like New York and New Jersey, California, people are leaving in droves. And they're heading to less populated states to do their job at a distance. Well, what I have heard is that New York City right now has um, more open rentals. Mm -hmm. Um, The prices are going down a little bit. Um, Apartments are offering free, uh, free like two months of free payment, no payment type of Mm -hmm. thing. So they're doing different incentives. Maybe if you live in New York, move into New Jersey would be a good thing. Maybe if you lived in New Jersey, move into Pennsylvania would be a really good thing. A lot of people are doing that, yeah. So New York is the number one state in terms of losing middle-class taxpayer dollars. People are moving out of New York. Uh, They're number one on the list. Number two is New Jersey. Wow. I I, got to believe that Pennsylvania is gaining from that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But then there might be people in Pennsylvania that think like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are too expensive and moving into other suburbs. Yeah, probably. But Actually, yeah. what's happening is um, any kind of seaside area, coastal areas, mm-hmm. uh, like if you're living in New York, it would be a hop, skip, and a jump away to get to the New Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. right? Or get to the Poconos in Pennsylvania. That's right. And places like that are really skyrocketing. A friend of mine who's parents owned a place up in the Poconos and she said it was a small little place it was just their little getaway they don't live far from there so within an hour they can get to this little cabin up in the Poconos mm-hmm. so they've had it in the family for years and she said that this the prices of home selling over there has just skyrocketed I can believe that I can easily believe that there's actually some parts of Pennsylvania that are considered commutable distance to New York City the thing is that you hear the governor of New York State talk about all of his friends, affluent, money-making friends who are leaving the state. And uh-huh. he's, he's having this conversation on camera talking about inviting them back. I'll buy you dinner, you know, uh, as though that would. But the fact is that when those people leave, taxes on the remaining people have to go up to sustain those services. Like well, police, like fire department. Well, that's why he wants them back. Because yeah. the, the cities count on that revenue stream. Absolutely. And if sudden, suddenly something happens that changes that source of that revenue stream, then they're up a creek. Yeah. And that, these are yeah. states that are billions with a yeah. B in yeah. the red. So they can't really afford to lose any of those other taxpayers. That's right. That's right. This is something that definitely is going to uh, change the equation between cities and states and yeah. um, how they're run, how they're operated, the services that can be offered or won't be offered. There's going to be some kind of leveling out as time moves forward because just interestingly enough, I just, you know, this pandemic when it first started, I thought maybe it would last like a month or two. Mm-hmm. And that was around the time that we started this podcast. Right. And I almost didn't want to spend too much time talking about the pandemic, just thinking that it was a passing thing. But at this point, you know, you don't know how long it's going to last. You don't know how many months or years it's going to be around. So it's going to be a lot of transitions that people have to make. There are people in the, I don't know, no one really knows for sure, but there are experts uh, who are talking about having this pandemic or the effects of the pandemic around for as much as three years. I will go nuts if I have to keep that mask on when I go out for three years. I'll just become a hermit and not go out anymore. It is a pain to wear those masks. I, I completely agree. But I, I guess it's something that, uh, again, well, another one of those things that you just get used to. Yeah. I, at very least, I have to find some that don't have the elastic that go around my ears and oh. instead tie around the back of my head. Because 
I'm trying to shop with these things on, and after 20 minutes, I have just an incredible throbbing ache at the back of my ear. I don't know why, why it affects me so much that way. You know, Home Depot sells these ones, I think they sell them, where it still has a loop. But instead of having to put the loop behind your ear, there's another little plastic piece that goes around oh. the back of your head. So you hook it to that plastic piece behind your head. Yeah. So it's never actually going right around your ear. If it's your ear that's bothering you, then that might be a solution. Yeah, I think, I think I'll look there. Hey, on another topic, though, mm -hmm. um, this was ooh, right around maybe a couple of weeks ago or so. I had to call the exterminator. I have a regular contract with an exterminator because I don't like bugs in the house. So I called the exterminator, and it was just a regular routine thing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they have to go through the series of questions. Are you seeing anything? Are you calling for a specific event? What kind of bugs do you have? And, you know, the first couple of minutes of her asking me, like, these routine questions, I don't know what made me think about this, but I thought, this poor lady, this is her job on the phone <laughs> to ask people about bugs. <laughs> so she's talking about bugs all day long. All and I day. I thought to myself, can you imagine spending eight hours a day asking people about their bug issues? <laughs> wow. And so... I actually, I mentioned that to her and I said, I just thought of something. You, you talk about bugs all day long, don't you? You have to ask people like, okay, what's going on in your house and what kind of bugs do you have? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm wondering, I said, so when you get home and your kids say something to you, do you tell them stop bugging me? <laughs> Are there a lot of just bug jokes within your household? <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. I, and I bet she's heard them all too. I'm sure she has, but she really, she thought it was hysterical. We, we had a huge laugh over it. I just kept going on. I'm like, am I bugging you now? Uh. <laughs> Can you think of any other jobs that would really like suck? Like, you know, the type of things that you would have to do on a daily basis. I mean, I, bugs is definitely right up there with, you know. Well, but at least she's talking to real people who are calling to talk to her. And they, she gets different answers, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine a more unpleasant occupation than something I touched on earlier, somebody who sells solar panels for houses. <laughs> and, and all day long, they're, they're, they're being connected to this, to this call that, that someone picked up the phone and said, hello, and then you hear that moment of silence, and then you hear the click, and somebody gets on. Uh, hello, is this Miss Asha? Yes. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm with your friendly solar panel company. Uh, have you considered <laughs> click? Imagine that happened to you literally hundreds of times a day. And it may be hundreds of times before anyone will actually give you the time of day and actually talk to you. I guess that would just be a part of the job and you have to figure out a way to engage that person before they go click on you. But on the flip side of the bug conversation, I was thinking of things that would be fun. Like I love traveling. Mm -hmm. So I always thought like talking to people about their travel interests, being a travel agent, doing anything related to travel planning, that kind of stuff, that would actually be fun. You get to research the area. You get to look into like things to do in that place. But not go? Well, it would be fun to go. But I, I'm just saying, I mean, for, for jobs sake, mm -hmm. yeah, at least it would be something enjoyable. And I think generally people that are, either planning on a vacation, going on a vacation, talking about their vacation, they're generally, generally going to be in a happier mood, mm -hmm. right? So That's true. you want people versus the opposite, the flip side of that would be like if you worked in a place, um, 
like a, a medical office where, you know, it was like a, a, a chemo place or something like that. Like everyone's kind of on edge. They're upset. They're sad. They're unhealthy. They're yeah. sick. Yeah. You know, and generally if they're going through chemo, not the happiest time in their lives. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it kind of depends. There's ups and downs to almost any job. I was, uh, I, I think of Cora who always wanted to travel like her mom. She inherited that uh, wanderlust gene. Uh -huh. And so she became a flight attendant. The upside is that she could, you know, she'll call me up and say, hi, I'm going to Milan, Italy for 36 hours. Do you want to tag along? I'm there. <laughs> and I've got some, I've got to some great places with yes. her, right? Yes. She's working the flight and she's dealing with generally nice people. Sometimes she deals with some, some not so nice people. Some, some people who are perhaps drunk or nasty or like a group of men who have been in an oil rig for six months and, she, and, and she's the first woman they've seen. Oh, <laughs> God. No, not good. Not good. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, you have to enjoy your job, but I think certain jobs lend themselves to coming across happier people versus like sad or angry or, yeah. or like if you worked in a nursing home, you know. Um, or, or a funeral home. A funeral home. Yeah. Those I'm would be rougher jobs. Them. Talking about bugs all day would not necessarily be fun, but for me, talking about vacations and planning vacations, that would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wouldn't mind something like that, but I guess you just got to appreciate any kind of job that anyone has where they're dealing with people that might not be in the happiest of moods. Yeah. Certainly, I, I think of things that I enjoy doing, things that make me happy like playing guitar. I always keep an eye out to see if there's anything opening at the Martin Guitar Factory, it, ah, sales or manufacturing. I think sure. I'd love to work there. Right, uh, right. If I, if I sold toy trains all day, you know, that'd be something that would, that would be fun. Right. Who knows? Maybe it would see, get old after a while. For you, that would be fun. For me, that would not be fun. So you would feel very <laughs> passionate about it and it would be very exciting to you and the customers that came in to see you would be living off of your passion and say, oh yeah, that, that, that is very interesting. You have hobbies. Could you imagine working in a tennis goods store dealing with people coming in looking for tennis rackets and balls? Instead of answering it that way, I will say that because I have an interest in that, I do appreciate when I do go into a store and people have knowledge about it, they really understand and pick up. Like I also like hiking and I went in to mm -hmm. buy new hiking shoes and I could tell that the person that was selling me the shoes was a hiker themselves. Right. Because when I said I wanted certain kind of toes or certain kind of heel or certain kind of coverage or certain kind of, you know, uh, grippiness on the bottom, he knew everything that I was talking about. He related because he hiked before and he, you know, all that stuff. So similarly with tennis, mm -hmm. if I went into a store and I had some concerns, I, and I think it's similar to going to like a Home Depot. Like I don't know anything about the things that I'm usually trying to buy, but I appreciate that somebody else has that knowledge. Right. I think that would be a pleasant place to work, actually, because you're being uh, bombarded with uh, different questions and, uh, on a regular on a regular basis, but with a certain skill set that you can that I could draw upon. Going back to the guy who is trying to sell you the hiking shoes, I find those people, as well as uh, the people who work in the camping stores, to be mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive. And why? They why? They really know their stuff to the point where these are people when they camp on their own they'll saw their toothbrush off to save a quarter of an ounce of weight in their backpack. <laughs> the, I, this guy was- Okay, wait a second. So I take a kind of exception to that because when I first started <laughs> hiking, I didn't worry about it, I didn't think about it. I threw on a pair of sneakers and shorts and a t-shirt and I was out. 
now that I've hiked a little bit more, I have now a collection. So now I have to think, oh, look, it's windy outside. I better bring a windbreaker. I better wear my high tops. I better wear a certain kind of layering. I didn't used to think about all that. Not only do I think about it before I go out, if I see someone else on trail and I see different kind of sneakers, I'm like, oh, where'd you get those? <laughs> where'd oh, you get my. those hiking shoes? I guarantee you, when you see a person with a big, large backpack, and I usually hike with a group of people, yeah. I will see them and I'll have tons of questions. Mm. So what kind of pack are you using? Are you tenting or are you slack packing? Or are you, you know, which way are you? There's just a whole lot of Yeah, but you don't do that. I still think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting. <laughs> and like I said, I'm with the group. So if I don't ask the question, which I'm not always the one asking the questions, other people are saying, oh, so how did you do this? Where did you start from? Where are you going? It's just, it's just fascinating. And because I, yeah, I, you're into it, it becomes fascinating for you too. Not only the people who work there and their body of knowledge, but all the little contraptions they have for that are, are just fascinating as well. Uh, all the little camp stoves that run on yeah. alcohol, and it's only it's a jet that's only it weighs two ounces, but can heat a uh, a pot of water in eighteen seconds. You know all that stuff. <laughs> it's amazing how. See, see, you're getting into is. it. So yeah. you mentioned um, playing the guitar, which is something that you would be interested in. Uh -huh. Now I, I set it as an example, Home Depot. Although I don't do construction, I'm not the handyman in the house. I still think that Home Depot would be very interesting. I would love to work at a place like that. I think I would learn a lot. I think it is fascinating. Mm -hmm. I could have a conversation. I had a conversation with a guy there because I was buying a new toilet or something for like a half an hour. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, did I just spend a half an hour talking about toilets just now? Oh, yeah. I've renovated an old house, a hundred year old house. I stripped it down to its uh, bare ribs and I, I brought it back up to code. Once you've gone through that process, it's always going to be a passion of yours because you put literally blood, sweat, and tears into, the, in, into this house. Well, I this cried. kind of brings me to my next topic, Joe, because of your, your house discussion. Um, I just think it's interesting the different approaches people take to interior decorating. Huh. I don't know if like there's a strategy or it, I think people's personalities really come out in their approach to interior decorating. Hmm. And I'll give you an example. I had one friend that spent months thinking about how she wanted to design one of the rooms in her home uh -huh. and went back and forth. We talked about it. She showed me her room. She showed me her house. What do you think, Asha? What should I do over here? What should I do over there? I have another friend. I went over one day and her house was impeccable. I loved the design. I loved the decor. I loved everything. She's like, nope, I'm tired of it. I think I'm going to change this. I'm like, why? And wouldn't you know it, by the time I went back there the next time, the furniture had been changed. The room was painted. The carpeting was changed. Like she had done everything already, like within wow. a span of like a week or two. She was just like this. And meanwhile, the other person had spent months just like analyzing it. Mm. <laughs> My wife is like the former in that she will she'll agonize over these decisions. Can we just put this up? Well, it has to it has to be a part of the bigger picture. Let's bring in a professional. So we brought in an interior designer and a consultant, and she gave us her recommendations. Uh, so here's the question then: uh, What does it say about different people's personalities? Like the the one person I mentioned, her house is beautiful and everything is very pre-planned. Actually, both houses were very beautiful. 
very nicely decorated, but the approach was completely different. By the way, and, did these people bring in professionals? Um, the first person that I mentioned, she does bring in professionals when she has her house done. The second person, so she owns a shop of her own. Oh. And she's constantly probably reorganizing things on her shelves and doing different things within her shop. She mm. owns actually an antique place. So it gotcha. has antique furniture. So, you know, when you're selling that kind of stuff and you have a storefront, you're, you're having, you do this on a regular basis. So to her, I think approaching that project was no big deal whatsoever. Right, right. Right. And, and the nice thing about having a shop like that is you're rotating your merchandise out on a regular basis. You see something comes in, you bring you, you can you, your house can rotate as well. Your house can be a part of that rotation schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And that is what she did. And she did it kind of for a living. So I don't think it was any skin off her back to do something like that. And yeah. it's probably something she feels kind of passionately about. But on the flip side, I know someone that's an interior decorator as a profession, mm -hmm. and it kind of makes, it really makes sense what she says. She does this for a living, so she, you would think that her house would be like impeccable and perfect because she does it for a living. Her house is totally lived in. She has uh, a couple of kids that are very active. She has a very busy life of her own. She doesn't have time to deal with that. It doesn't really bother her. That's what she said. Because at first when I looked at it, I said, oh, my God, you know, I thought she was an interior decorator and I hadn't known her professionally. I knew her more personally. And when she said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're bringing customers to your home to see what your potential is at that exactly. point. Exactly. She has her own studio. She has um, really nice taste. And she's and done she probably a lot of has she probably has books and photographs of homes that she has done. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely. That's exactly right. It is a long birthing process in our household, one that's regularly <laughs> evolving. <laughs> I, I, will, I will keep that with no comment of my own because I've experienced your wife's dilemmas in decorating. <laughs> mm. There was a show, The Good Place, it was on Channel 4, and it talks about people who think they're in heaven, but it turns out that they're actually in hell. Oh. And one of them is in there, and it's a very funny show, very well written, but one of them is down there because he can't make up his mind, and it drives <laughs> everyone around him bananas. <laughs> his name is Cheedy, and that's what I've been calling her. <laughs> Now I'll have to look up that movie. What is it called? Google? It's The Good Place. It's a good NBC place. show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You said Channel 4, which I knew was NBC, but you know, our listeners are from all over the world, so they might not know that Channel 4 is NBC. Uh, <laughs> it is here anyway. <laughs> well, you're probably actually like on, depending on what service you have, like 804 or something. That's right. 504. <laughs> 504. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, I have another question for you in this day and age of technology. Mm -hmm. I find myself maybe not weekly, but every month or so, there's probably like a new app of something that I need. So I download a new app. And then every so while I look at my phone, I'm like, I have all these apps. Do I really need them all? And then I'll mm -hmm. start deleting a few of them. But then I wonder, like, what do these apps really know about me? I never thought of it much, but it actually turns out that they do track you oh, and sure. depending on the kind of app that you're downloading, they might need access to your camera. They might need access to your contacts. They might your need microphone. access to your location, mm -hmm. to your microphone. 
And depending on how I'm using it, for for example, you said like as a uh, that you mentioned that I'm a hiker. Sometimes I like to know what I'm seeing. So there's a ton of apps out there that will allow you to just take a picture of something, and then it'll immediately tell you what kind of plant, tree, bush, bug, whatever it might be, butterfly, animal. Right. Um, so I'll download those, and then I think, well, you know what? I haven't really been using it, so I'm just gonna like kill it. But does it save your credentials? Does it save information about you? It's safe uh, to assume, I think, that once you give us some information out there, you can never pull that back. See, I, I never thought about that. I thought once I kill it, then they don't have any more information about me. But I think you're right. I've already put it in there. They already have it. They're not, they're not getting rid of it. My energy provider, JCP&L uh -huh. here in the New York area, sent me a notice that your third-party provider is no longer able to provide energy in your township. Mm -hmm. Kind of odd. If you have any questions, call them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had a third-party provider. So I called them up. After a while, I get somebody on the line. Hi, my name is Joe. And, and okay, uh, what's your account number? What's your address? Can we have your phone number attached to your account? Can I have an email? I said, you're not my, I'm not your customer anymore. Why would you need any of that? You know, uh, you're never going to talk to me again. I just want to know why you're not. But, mm. you know, so I, I gave them some of the information, but that's with them forever. And, and yeah. they'll, they'll bombard me in case things change with, with all kinds of advertising. But so you, I used to work for a utility company, so I'm not as resistant to the questions that they ask because I understand where they're coming from. And I understand why they're asking. And I do stay on top of who my provider is. So I understand what you're going through. But with these apps and phones and information that you put in there, mm -hmm. unless you have some inherent knowledge, because that's the type of job that you did before, and you know, based on the questions that they're asking, what they're recording from you, um, you know, you, you could feel very vulnerable. Like, for right. example, PayPal is a very common thing. I think I opened up a PayPal account early on and i don't remember what year that was but very early on and i was very resistant to using it and then at a point they said actually whenever you go to purchase something they say would you like to use your credit card your checking account or your paypal account the reports that have come out say actually by going through paypal it's a safer method than giving them your credit card information really yeah because now everything is aggregated within paypal so well, you're not giving your credit card information out to like 10 other people they're going through your paypal account i see yes um i mean on the flip side there's always that danger of can someone infiltrate paypal and get your information and then now you know everything that you've ever used from there it's just i i think the whole thing about security safety knowledge information that's out there about you who you are what you do what your shopping habits are yeah where you've been location wise if they're tracking you that way there's just I, a lot more out there about you that you would not even realize. That you don't even realize, and that's yeah. the key. I think people would be stunned to know how much of their lives is, is an open book, how just having a conversation about going to Switzerland and all of a sudden my phone starts popping up with advertisements for Switzerland, how sometimes walking around with, with the telephone in my hand and I'll, I'll, I'll just go by uh, a a product that's on my sh on my shelf or on my counter and then I'll start getting advertisements for that same one yeah as though the camera recognizes that label yeah I think it's 
it's stunning that I really believe, and it's not, I'm not being paranoid or anything, but I, I really believe that facets of our lives are being recorded in, in ways we, we haven't even begun to understand. I think you're absolutely right. And I don't know if you have any of those listening devices in your home, because we have talked about that topic before. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that really do scare me. And my husband's always telling me, get rid of those things because they're really listening to you watching you in some and all of that stuff can actually be recorded i'm just talking about my telephone telephone yeah 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 there's telephones there's cell phones there's those listening devices there's things that you google on your computer Mm -hmm. there's just so much out there that's listening and watching and monitoring right and where it's getting stored and how it's getting used we don't know right If, if you can ask hey google hey siri if you can do any of that stuff and it responds, then it's always listening. Yep, it is always listening. You're right, what you just said, because I know you use Siri all the time with your phone. Constantly. And, and do fun things, silly things with it. But it's not only recording what you've asked it, it's also recording your conversation because it's obviously listening to you because it's waiting for you to say, "Right, hey Siri or whatever. Right, I, it, there's no way it's just activated when it hears its name. No. It, yeah. It's uh, listening. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder if, uh, if we've gotten to the point where perhaps that information is being recorded somewhere and maybe it can be used as evidence during uh, a court case in a crime. I'm, I'm wondering if we'll ever get to that point. I think we definitely will. I think because let's say a crime was being planned at someone's house and mm-hmm there was a court case going on and they were on to prove that that person was doing this and they knew that the person had a one of those, I'm going to call them listening device, whether it's an Alexa, Google, or whatever, then why wouldn't the prosecutor say, okay, let me have access to the records of that thing and I can prove to you right away that a conversation was taking place right within the house while they were planning this murder. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Ta-da-da. <laughs> Big brother. We might be at the forefront of all that. Well, I am so sorry, Joe, but another serving of the Chop Buffet is over for now. Oh, it, that's too bad. It was great chatting with you. It was great chatting with you, Asha. I look forward to speaking with you again. Talk to you soon. Thanks for decompressing with us today. Remember to share the link with your friends and family and talk about these topics amongst yourselves. See you at the next Chat Buffet, a place where friendly conversation is served up on a regular basis.